The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage, along with my co-host. We got Chad Lale. <laughs> All right. And as we're recording this, it is Father's Day, and uh, we just want to wish all of the fathers out there a uh, very happy Father's Day. And I've had a I've had a good one. How about you, brother? Been amazing. Just um, once again sitting in Tampa, but took my daughter for cookies this morning, and she was uh, all she come down the steps in her pretty red dress and her little high heels and had to get affirmation from her father. So it, uh, <laughs> it always uh, reminds me of how just uh good God is man and how loving he is. And I just love to see her smile, bro. So it was awesome. And that's, that's definitely the truth. It's, it is such a blessing. And I, I look back over my, over my life and, you know, there was a time where, I was living my life and I was like, I'm never getting married. I'm never settling down. I don't care nothing about kids and all this other stuff, but man, just to look back at the blessing, uh, you know, my oldest daughter now is 14. <laughs> so Jeez. yeah. Uh, but just to look back over my life and the blessing since I have surrendered to Jesus and decided that I was going to be the husband, uh, the father and the spiritual leader that God has called me to be, uh, it's, it's been such a blessing and I wouldn't trade it for all the millions of dollars that, that, mm. uh, big money contract and whatever else I was chasing back in those days. Right. I feel you, dude. I feel you. I told my wife, I'd say, I would uh, work three, four jobs to take care of our, our daughter, just give her a good life. You know, good thing is we are raising her the right way where she, she knows uh, who Jesus is and she knows that, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's blessed us with a lot, but it's nice. Cause my, my wife had a, you know, kind of a rough upbringing. So for us to be able to just, you know, show our daughter, crazy love, man. You know what I mean? And 14, golly, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. She's my daughter. Ava's only four. So I got a while, but I can't imagine, but yeah, I've met oh. your, met your kids. You, they all seem very respectful. So you're doing something right. <laughs> well, they Both are, of you are. And you know, we've all, we've always, uh, you know, we've always tried to live, uh, by the Bible, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> yes. So, you know, we, yeah. we don't try to beat them, but we try to, uh, we try to teach them right. And I, that's one thing too, that it cracks me up, but it also makes me happy, uh, because I always try to sit down if there's a time where they need discipline or whatever, uh, I'll sit down with them and I'll say, you know, and understand why you just, you know, whether it be a spanking or mm -hmm. the phone's taken away or, you know, whatever, uh, you know why this just happened. Right. And, you know, I tried to always, I don't ever want it to be a thing of like rage where they're like, what did I do? Right. You know? And, uh, so I've always tried to explain to them 
what they did. And, you know, they always know. Uh, but I've, we've been out and, and talked, you know, people talking to the kids and they bring up discipline or whatever. And they're like, well, mama and daddy, you know, they do that because the Bible says that if you, if you love your children, you will discipline them promptly. But if you mm-hmm. don't discipline your children, you hate your children. And right. it, it's awesome that, that even though, you know, they, and even we, when we were kids, we didn't like discipline, but we can look back on it and see that we needed it. And I thank God for the disciplinary measures that was taken as I was growing up to steer me in the right direction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Dude. (laughs) Bible holds the key to all things, parenting, marriage, everything, brother. I I, I agree. Yeah. We definitely, Ava, Ava's got her fair share of discipline and just like you and then growing up, my dad disciplined me, man. I look back on it and I'm thankful for that because it taught me uh, responsibility. And I mean, it it showed me that he loved me. I mean, if he just let me kind of do my own thing and run around and you know, uh, where would I be today? It's just like the Lord's discipline. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. You know, like Hebrews 12 talks about it in other places. You know, it says that God disciplines those who he loves. And if you don't feel that discipline and in that way, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when you're moving in a wrong direction, it says that mm-hmm. you're not a child of God. Right. So, uh, you know, and uh, the writer of Hebrews actually uses that and says, that uh, the we have earthly fathers who disciplined us, so why do we not expect God to discipline us and show us? And, and discipline, uh, it's talked about out of hand these days. Uh, but, you know, we do it because we love. And I'm not talking about a parent who will beat their child. Right, That's, right. There's no cause for that. Uh, but to but to discipline ground or whatever to steer them in the right direction that's that's what the bible talks about and that's what is needed in today's society this world needs fathers and it needs mm-hmm. leaders who will step up and be uh number 1 the spiritual leaders the godly examples in the home and uh, you know, who will teach their children right from wrong. I don't discipline my children because I hate my children. Just the same as uh, I don't, I tell them, Hey, don't go play in the street because you might get run over by a car. You know, right. <laughs> it's the exact same situation there. Oh yeah. We got a big, we got a big responsibility, man. As the man of the house, the man of God, you know, the leaders of the family, um, me and my wife talk about it all the time, dude. She, she uh, relies and trusts me to make the right decisions, whether it be raising our daughter. Not saying she's not; she has a major part in that. But yeah. when it comes to discipline and like that, she she comes to me about disciplinary things. And look, my daughter knows when Daddy's voice is raised a little bit. She's like, "Oh boy, I did something wrong." But we, it's taught me compassion. And uh, where I, you know, if, if I get on to her, I give her a few minutes to calm down. And I'm like, Ava, come here. Let's talk to daddy. And she's always like, you know, crying or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you know why 
you know, whatever daddy popped you or uh, daddy took this away or why you're in timeout. Most of the time she's like, yes, I did this. And I'm like, look, kids smart, but they know what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah. So little father's day talk for us right here. I love it. Well, and I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's somewhere we should sit for a minute, but uh, you know, let the, let the spirit of the Lord just lead the conversation. I mean, it's, it's something man that, uh, it's always been a big thing in, in my preaching. Uh, you know, some of the, the biggest things that have been, I don't know what you, what you would call them, but maybe staples of what the Lord gives me in preaching, whether I'm at a church or podcast, whatever, you know, uh, being, sanctified and the understanding of the message of the cross, uh, the baptism with the Holy spirit and men being the spiritual leader of the home. Those are some of the big things that it, it has always seemed like the Holy spirit has led me in that direction. And, uh, you know, we've got a mutual friend, Nikita Koloff, who has, the man up podcast and, and him and Lex do the, uh, man camps and, and there's just a big need for spiritual leaders in today's society. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And and lately I've been talking to my pastor a little bit about, uh, you know, I've always had a heart for youth, but as of lately, I feel like spirit's been leading me into doing more, um, men's ministry or, or kind of branching out a little more. And he just told me, he goes, embrace that man. Cause you know, it's needed. Doesn't mean you won't have a heart for youth or you won't continue to do youth ministry, but it is, it has always been very, um, I guess important to me. I've read numerous books. Um, one, uh, tender warrior by Stu Weber, which is a great one. Uh, what's the other one I read? Oh man. Point man by Steve Farrar. And just these books that really talk about the being the godly man, you know, what it means to be a father, you know, how you raise a, a son or a daughter or whatnot, uh, you know, using the Bible as your roadmap, you know, just instilling that truth into these, these young men and young women that you're raising. Cause let's face it, we're, we're, <clears throat> we are in a world where I think that um, it is important to instill what it means to be a godly man and godly father. And, you know, we, we, we do a lot of our, a lot of stuff in our church with men's ministry. And I've found that when you get, you know, men together, whether it be 50 or a hundred or however many it is, 10 or five, whatnot, man, dude, they start to open up because a lot of men are afraid to show their emotions. That's how I was in my twenties. I thought it showed weakness. Yeah. Um, but the more, or the closer I got to God and when I, came to terms with, man, I really needed something in 2010 when I was facing some trials, some depression. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to try this little small group. And I did. And it was like me and five other men, but then they were all in their seventies. Like it was just, it was weird, you know, for me when I first walked there, I'm like, Oh man, I'm out of my element here. But <laughs> lo and behold, six weeks later, it was the most amazing thing because I opened up, I had these older men in their sixties and seventies who'd been alcoholics who had uh, lost wives, lost children, who um, didn't walk these perfect lives. And they were honest about it. And I realized, dude, it's okay to open up. 
It's okay yeah. to be real. It's okay. Cause that's what, you know, that's where you, you start to build yourself. And I look at it now and it helped me so much with being a father. So there's nothing wrong with, uh, with just spilling your guts out sometimes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that you, you know, you need that, you need, uh, you know, that those close friends, uh, you know, to hold you accountable or who you can talk to about different things. And, you know, as, as you just said, as a man, we, a lot of times think oh, it shows weakness to talk about our feelings or talk about things that we're going through or, you know, a, a big thing that men struggle with. We've both talked about it, pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was just talking to a brother of mine when we were on the road last night on the way back from a show. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that very struggle. And, you know, I told him, and maybe this ain't for every man out there, but, uh, you know, there's, there's things that we struggle with and, and it, that was one of the deep things, even after uh, getting saved, that tried to hang on to me. And then there was years that went by that, you know, I was delivered. And then just out of nowhere, it was like last year, year before, something like that. But, man, it, it uh, I was scrolling through something and oop, something popped up. And it's like you just kind of linger at it a little bit too long. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I ended up going to my wife and, and I said, here, I handed her my phone and I said, I want you to fix my phone. Uh, the parental settings that we have the kids set on. And mm-hmm. I want you to put a password in that I'm not going to know. And, Amen. you know, and, and a lot of men would think that that's weak, but no, I mean, you've got to guard these areas of your life. Uh, and because the enemy will try to tempt you. Oh yeah. No. And it comes to dude. Uh, man, there's so many different things we can talk about right now. Like the, I had a buddy who dealt, dealt with crazy, you know, pornography addiction. And he told me, I said, well, you know, traveling the road, how did you do it? Like you're in a hotel room by yourself. Cause it's at the time where I was trying to, you know, be free from that. And he goes, bro, I would, he goes, it got to the extreme of, I would go to my hotel room. I would take the remote for the TV because I'd unplug the TV and I'd take the remote down to the front counter and just hand it to him. And they would look at him like, what are you doing? He goes, Hey, Hey, uh, just, I don't need a remote. I don't need a TV. And they probably thought he was crazy, but he goes, I would, you know, I would do that. Um, he, he got, he got his wife to block everything on his phone. So he couldn't, you know, and he, of course it helped him, but I mean, it's, it's same thing, uh, you know, for, for me with like years ago, a certain music that I listened to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now like there's certain music that I don't even don't listen to because it, to me, it opens up doors to whatever swearing or, you know, whatever it is, man, like it's just, you have to guard your heart. You know what I mean? If right. you, you and I, men of the house, fathers, husbands, if we guard our hearts, then we're not having, we're not having these random doors that are opening up to allow these evil spirits or uh, just corruption come into our home. You know what I mean? Right. I saw a church sign one time and uh, it was, it, it always seems to be just right in the, in the line. And I was not really struggling with uh, a sin that the Lord was convicting me of, but I was, it was one of those times where I was just 
not wanting to fully submit to the direction that the Lord was wanting me to go. And, uh, so one morning I'm, I'm just praying and I'm driving and the Lord starts just talking to me about surrender and showing my family what it's like to be submissive to the will of the Holy spirit. And I, I see a church sign and it says, what could be worse than going to hell? And then under it, it said, taking your family with you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just, just things like that. And, you know, you, everyone, no matter who you are, whether you're the homeless guy on the street, the president, a king, whatever, uh, everyone influences someone. Yep. And so as, as the spiritual leaders of our home, uh, that God has called us to be, we do have that major influence that you was talking about. And honestly, there's not enough men who are manning up and taking that responsibility. A lot of times a man, a man thinks, well, you know, I go to work and I make money and I put food on the table. Uh, and you know, that's all I got to do, but you can be a great provider and still be failing in the area of a man in the eyes of God. Because mm-hmm. honestly, uh, you know, thank God for those men who actually stick around and are the providers. But if they're not being the spiritual leader, uh, then you're, you're still in failure there. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to just wrapping it around to what we've been talking about the past, you know, three weeks, just allowing that Holy Spirit to guide us, man, it, guiding us through all of our decisions, uh, decisions, um, you know, and when we do, he, he helps us to experience that abundant life. And if we allow him not only to guide us in the in spiritual aspect, but I do my best every time I'm making a decision for me and my family to go to God first and say, Lord, help me here, lead me here. And just allowing the Holy spirit. Like once we get out of that mindset, I think of, you know, God is just there for our, our Bible and our prayer time. No, no, no. God and the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit's there to guide us through all aspects of life. And that's, you know, you look at the, the apostles and the disciples in the book of Acts. So we're talking about uh, everything they did. They went to the Lord. They allowed the spirit to guide them, man. So that is so, so important. Well, and that brings us back around to what we, uh, what one of the main topics we were talking about last week, you had brought up how, uh, you know, Jesus had just ascended back into heaven and all the disciples came together in one accord and began praying and seeking, uh, the, the leadership of the Holy spirit. And, uh, so in acts one, it talks about them coming together and praying. This is after Jesus ascended and Judas had uh, betrayed. He was the one who betrayed Jesus and then uh, went and committed suicide. And, uh, and then the disciples, they're coming together and they're praying about uh, filling his spot as, as uh, a disciple. Um, 
one thing that I do want to point out though here is, and and I know we'll talk about this. I really feel led to talk about it as we get into Peter's sermon in Acts two. We might not get to that today. Uh, most likely we will not. But Judas betrayed Jesus, and then uh, he went and tried to give the money back because mm-hmm. he had realized his wrong. Okay. When you compare Peter and Judas, you know, Jesus told Peter uh, that he would deny him three times. And Peter was, oh, no, no, not me. All of these others will, but I'll never do that. Well, (laughs) we saw, we see in the Gospels how Peter actually did exactly what Jesus said, and he denied him. Judas also, by his betrayal, denied Jesus. The difference in Peter and Judas is that Peter repented and turned back to God. Judas, on the other hand, he refused to repent and he went to his suicidal death uh, with the regrets of betraying Jesus. Yes. I always think about that because I've had uh, just kind of, you know, thoughts about like if Judas would have instead of committing suicide repented and went to Christ and, and obviously asked for forgiveness, we, we ultimately know that Jesus would have accepted, would have accepted him back. Cause you have Peter here who denied Christ three times as he was, as he was told. But like you said, it was, it was a heart issue that we've talked about a few weeks back where, you know, Peter knew what he did wrong. He knew that he had denied Christ. And as he saw Christ being crucified and all these other things, he realized he had to repent. Like Peter's heart was obviously, I I believe in a way different place than Judas. And it gives us different, I guess, different scenarios and different kind of uh, pictures of, of salvation and, you know, our lives like years ago when living how I was, if I would have chose to continue to follow the path I was like, would I've really been saved? Like, would I've really made it to heaven if I would have, you know, Lord forbid died in a car wreck or something like that and drunk behind the wheel. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean? But I do know that like I can sit and, and, and look at reading of, of Peter in the gospels and, and, you know, seeing how he uh, approached denying Christ. Cause there's, you know, you do just as well as me, Casey, there's been times throughout our, our walk with the Lord and our life where we have, we have, we have denied Christ, whether it yes. be, you know, in person or in thought or, you know, whatever, if the Holy spirit guides are, are, you know, gives us a nudge, it says, go talk to that person about me. But then, you know, you chicken out maybe, or whatever, or, or, or just whatever it is, man, we've all been there where we've denied Christ at one time, but I'm thankful that, you know, we do serve a God that we can just go back to that cross and say, man, Lord, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. I am not, you know, perfect. But like Peter, you know, he had the heart that was, that was after Christ and seeked after Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I, that's the thing that I really, in comparing those two, that I really want everybody to understand is uh, you can always be a Peter. Uh, just because you mess up, even, even if you commit a sin that is horrible, uh, you can always repent and turn back to Jesus. 
you don't have to you don't have to let the lies of the enemy drag you down and and bring you to the point of uh like judas uh to the point of suicide mm-hmm. jesus loves you no matter what you've done jesus loves you and he wants to forgive you and transform your life yeah I th- you know i'm reading some notes right here it's in front of me I'm a notes person and it just, this kind of dawned on me. So I wrote this down the other day. It says, when we have that encounter with the almighty God, he breathes into us new life. So it makes me wonder like if Judas ever really had the true encounter with Christ, like Peter did, you know what I mean? I don't, there's, I need to learn a little bit more about Judas and who he was as a man, but he seemed to be, maybe, maybe he was just one of those that was kind of a follower and did it just to see what he could get out of Jesus or what miracles he could perform and say, Oh, look at what I did. I don't know. But to me, it seems like Peter had experienced Christ, you know, with the, uh, the fish, the, you know, Jesus calling him out of the waters and saying, come with me and you all show you how to be fisher of men. You know, I don't know much about Judas, but it seems to me like when you encounter, truly encounter the Holy Spirit and encounter Christ, like doesn't mean you're not going to mess up as we see in Peter's life, but it means that you have a heart for God. And maybe Judas didn't, maybe Judas didn't really know, you know, didn't know Jesus. I mean, I'm sure I can't really say that because Jesus probably showed him all kinds of things, but it might've been one of those greedy things where he was all about the earth and it's all about living for the flesh instead of, you know, living for the kingdom. Right. Well, and you know, that's one of the things that I've kind of been looking into. Uh, and, and there's that, that age old argument was Judas ever truly saved. And you have some who say, well, you know, he couldn't have been saved because Jesus hadn't went to the cross. So he couldn't have, uh, you know, been indwelled by the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. You go and look at uh, you go and look at uh, Luke chapter 16, where it talks about the rich man and Lazarus uh, and and Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom, which is obviously uh, a non burning side of hell because it talks about how they can they could see the rich man in the flames of torment um, and could talk to him. But mm-hmm. there were people saved before the cross. They could not immediately go to heaven. But uh, the Old Testament saints, the Abraham, the Moses, and, and those who were faithful and, and trusted in the coming Redeemer, you know, they were, they were not sent to hell. They were sent to this place, Abraham's bosom or paradise, awaiting for uh, Jesus to go and pay the sin debt in full. So was Judas truly saved prior to his betrayal? I don't know. Acts one seventeen here, uh, Peter is talking to the, the disciples and, and he says, talking about Judas, he says, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Also in Luke chapter uh, 10, and it records at other places in the Gospels, but Jesus uh, sends them out, and Judas is one of these, where he sends them out. He says, uh, go out and heal, cast out demons, and, and preach the kingdom. And uh, he says in uh, ten nineteen, he says, behold, I give you authority to trample on surf- serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20, though, he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, 
that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So was Judas's name truly written in heaven? I, it's yeah. it, it's it's an argument, uh, but I really don't believe that it should be an argument. I, I don't right. believe that it's a. I, I really kind of believe it's a neither here nor there kind of thing. It's like ultimately Jesus, I think, knew what Judas was going to do in the end. He knew he was going to be betrayed by, and he calls him a friend. You know, he was betrayed by a friend, which is crazy to think about. I, I was listening to something the other day where it talks about, you know, Jesus uh, calling Judas, you know, a friend. You know, he still had compassion on this man. Like he still, he still loved him, but he realized mm-hmm. what he did, you know, and it just makes me think about, you know, me or somebody listening to the podcast who may have think that they've betrayed Christ one too many times or whatnot. Um, you know, that, that you're still a friend to, to the almighty God, you're still a friend to Jesus and he's still, you know, searching you and seeking after you. But yeah, the, the whole, the, the question is, was Judas truly saved? Man, I don't know. We we could do a whole show just on that. I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to dive into that a little more. I could ask Dr. Brown as well. I'm sure he's got some really good insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean a lot of a lot of people have different views on it. Uh but um I I don't know. And I think it's it's another one of those things that is kind of a, a silly argument and just another thing that divides people in the body of Christ. But either way, moving on from that, we see that the disciples, they come together, they're praying, and then they uh, look, they, they pray, seek the Lord's counsel, and then they pick uh, Matthias as the 12th disciple. And so that's kind of where we leave off in Acts chapter 1 with them uh, coming to the conclusion of having the new disciple to take Judas's place and uh, then continue in that ministry. That's it. Yeah. Real quick, man. I, my, my Bible has some footnotes and it says the name Matthias means gift of God. And it says, while the church waited for 10 days, they prayed and appointed an apostle to replace Judas or excuse me, Judas. And I uh, just, uh, just keep going back to the fact that we have to go to the Lord in prayer for every decision. I mean, it shows you know, you hear of churches, my church, for one, uh, praying about replacing, a, you know, an elder or replacing a pastor. Like we're always going to the Lord in prayer. Uh, as we started the podcast, we talked about, you know, going to the Lord in prayer over our family needs and stuff like that. But uh, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. And it says his name is Gift of God. All right, guys. God bless you. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at Jackson Riker WWE. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.